Greetings, brothers and sisters. I'm Pastor Keith. And welcome to another episode of A Pastor's Passion. The country of Israel is somewhere I've consistently wanted to travel. My pastor has been there twice. And as part of a group of other pastors in downtown Minneapolis, about 12 of them, my pastor's purpose was to go there to learn the culture and to take a journey to Israel to see where Jesus ministered and where he was born, etc., 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 even the 2,000-year-old olive trees. But in today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to Paula and Alex, who've been there numerous times. I met them when they were coming over to patron my cafe over at Books and Tea in St. Paul, Minnesota. And their story just struck me as being one that should be told. So in today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to Paula and Alex, who are Christian missionaries from Israel, who work here in the United States, but still have a heart for missions and they travel back and forth to Israel quite often. Enjoy the interview. You'll learn a lot from it as I have, and I look forward to getting your feedback once you've seen it. Again, I'm Pastor Keith, and you're watching another episode of A Pastor's Passion. Have a great day. Paul and Alex, welcome. It's good to, good to see you guys again. Um, when we first met, it was, I don't know, maybe about a year ago, if not more, uh, in front of my cafe in St. Paul. You guys were working uh, in a house across the street, uh, doing some remodeling. We'd like to get that house back up to code and get it rented or sold. Um, and then you met my pastor, who's you know a member of the Downtown Minneapolis Pastors Association. And he's been to Israel twice, um, along with the downtown pastors, and PBS has done uh, the special, and they've aired it uh, numerous times, and uh, their journey of faith um, was quite interesting, especially when uh, Rabbi uh, Marcy from Temple Israel, had, she received death threats while they were there. So, But for me, I was the technical liaison um, back here in the States with the video guy who was actually accompanying them on the trip, so it was quite interesting to see 2,000-year-old olive trees and, and things of that nature, and to see, um, you know, where some of the places that Jesus actually preached a sermon on, and things like that. So, um, tell me about yourselves and how you guys started, um, whether here or abroad or wherever you guys want to start. Um, I'll start with myself. I'm myself, personally, the product of missionary work in Ukraine, so uh, I've seen missionary work firsthand. And uh, moved here to the United States, and missionary was always mission work. It's always something on my uh, on my heart. So uh, all that took trips. You can tell you she took trips to Israel several times with the tours. Uh, and uh, before we got there, we were both on the tour. Uh, walked around to the Neva and figured, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get married and come back here. And so, so you have a you have a, a heart for mission and, and a passion for doing the work of the Lord. How did that come about? Uh, for me, like I said, because I'm a product missionary. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
my life changed because of somebody who was there, you know, helping me, spending time with me, whatever it is that they would do it. So, so my life is different because of that, and uh, you know, I want to do the same. Mm -hmm. So that's my part. Each one, reach one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and Paula, how about you? Where did yours start? Uh, the words only back in. Before you guys were married. Yeah. 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 I first became a believer. My brother started going to a Calvary Chapel in Menominee when he was that's near where we grew up. Sure. And so he brought me to church in St. Paul when before I was a believer. And so God spoke to me that same night, <coughs> excuse me, basically through a sign in the window, you know, basically said wow. trade in your old suitcase for <laughs> so you know, trade your old life and for the new life that I have for you. That's kind of funny now that I think about it. Suitcase as the example because we've been traveling ever wow. since. That's but amazing. Attending that church was very Israel focused and very mission okay. oriented. And so we would do a lot of mission trips in Israel, a tour every other year. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of time spent in Israel. And during the times when I would do mission work there, I met Stephen and Patricia Apple, who started sure. yeah. Calvary in Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. And so I'd go back a couple times on my own just to spend a couple weeks, you know, serving with them whatever way I could. Mm -hmm. And then um, when we met and started, you know, kind of God brought us together, and we were on a tour in Israel, and you know, we were both thinking, well, we would love to come back here. And we were talking about being married, so first things first, we needed to get married, and yeah. so we just followed the Lord's leading in that, and <clears throat> that happened pretty fast within a year. Yeah. Within a year, we were married, and then within the next year. We had our house all renovated and rented out and all of our stuff given or put in storage. And then we went to Israel for six months and then... Tell me about that first trip. <coughs> it was... It that was first trip together, how did that... Together. Yeah, the first trip to Israel together, how did... Was that a... Was that eye-opening? <coughs> but uh, first, as in the mission, first trip, mm -hmm. it was different because, you know, you got there a short time, a longer time, so... It, Taking consideration, you're going to be there around in just a week, two weeks. What are some of the things that you'd like to tell the faith community about the differences between some of the things that we take for granted here in the U.S. versus the things that the reality of life on the ground in, in Israel? There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, first you have to start with you know people in Israel. They come from all over. From places where they they persecuted most of the time. Mm -hmm. So when they get there, they are in the mode of I've been persecuted all my life. I'm gonna you know they they're in the fighting mode. Mm -hmm. Not that they wanted to be they nice people all and everything, but they you know they're not gonna let you go first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they need to take care of themselves. So basically, yeah, yeah, and so it, you know it starts with people. Israel is a small country. They, they restrict on importing a lot of stuff, so everything that pretty much imported, stuff that we take for granted here, like deodorants and stuff. Yeah, is, toothpaste, freezers, be expensive. at least two to three times as expensive as here. Wow. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then just, you know, depending on where you add, for example, in uh, Jerusalem, it's a very religious city, mm -hmm. so there's more, uh, more, not persecution, but more pressure, pressure or more effect from religion. Jewish community. If someone wanted to 
take a mission trip, and I know you guys have another one coming up uh, this coming January 2015. If someone wanted to take a mission trip like the one you're about to go and journey on, what would they do? How would they get started? Well, the first thing I think you need to consider finances because okay. Israel and Tel Aviv is extremely expensive. Okay. And I guess it depends on how long you want to stay as well. Because for us, when we're there three and six months, mm -hmm. to rent any kind of an apartment or anything for that time, you get a tiny little studio apartment that has no kitchen and it's $2,000 a month wow. to rent that space. Um, if you're going to do just a couple of weeks or a week, you know, there's hostels you can stay at, but then they're not going to be comfortable like you would expect here. But you know, considering the cost of what it, you know what you are, are able to or want to put into the trip. Now, some of the mission trips that we've been on, hotels were out of the question. Yeah. Um, you know, we go to tent cities, for example, and you stay out there, you pitch a tent, and you stay out there, and you witness and you minister to people. Is it kind of the same over there on the tour, like you're about to take? The, the tours are different. The tours are different. You know? And mission trips are actually, yeah, we are a little bit different in the tour. We, we live in Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. and so uh, we eat, you know, normal food, go shop at the marketplace, and okay. buy groceries and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Uh, last year, last time, Actually, we never actually went to Jerusalem, for example. Well, we took a trip to Haifa, which is not in the We started fellowship in Patia, which is suburb of Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. So we we lived there, you know, and that's one of the things is interesting to see when people actually. We had one shopkeeper who said, "Oh, you guys been gone? Where do you go?" We said, "Oh." Well, to the United States, said, oh, on vacation, we said, no, it's only reverse. So, considering the expenses, obviously, uh, considering uh, what it is that you're going to do, mm -hmm. you know, people are, Israel being, you know, multi-religion sure. city or mm -hmm. country, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people show up there. And everybody for different reasons. For different reasons. Sure. And everybody has their own reasons, their own agendas. And so a lot of tourists and the locals are looking at you as your tourists. Mm -hmm. You know, for them it's it's different to treat you differently because uh, you're here today, you're gone tomorrow, and then right. the next person comes and, and, and so um, we have a ministry where we do uh, uh, soup kitchen in the park, we provide soup and sandwich and goods to people in the park mm -hmm. and everybody can come it's not it's mm -hmm. uh, and so people know that a tour comes there's you know the, it's kind of like okay you give me something and you take a picture with me to show that you give me something yeah. <laughs> you know something like that yeah <laughs> so so the people know that and, and kind of they go along but um, mm -hmm. if you're there and, and especially when the rockets are flying or when Somebody's window breaks, mm -hmm. they'll call you and ask you to come and fix it or paint it or whatever it is. How often does, you mentioned rockets flying, how often does wars break out there or is it consistent and constant or is it the sporadic? Side, yeah. The southern part of Israel, rockets are on a daily basis usually. Wow. They're they usually short range rockets that just kind of, they launch them when they have in the field or they get intercepted. Um, so far, Tel Aviv, uh, Tel Aviv received rockets flying towards them, and so far, so far, I don't think any of them landed yet. Mm -hmm. 
they just put new uh, Iron Dome, which is intercept rocket. Uh, so there's one in southern part, and then they put it one by the Tel Aviv, southern part of Tel Aviv, so that if the rocket up closer, intercept. That usually, so far we've seen it once a year, and, and you know, you, like here you have tornadoes going right. up, Siren goes up. There, if Siren goes up, you just, just then it's yeah, rough. Yeah, you just go to this shelter. That's stay away from unimaginable. Yeah. And I think it's unimaginable for a lot of people who live in the U.S. who have never been uh, blessed by taking a mission trip. Mm -hmm. It's different. It, yeah. it really is. People yeah. don't really, people here in the States don't really take it to heart the way they should. Um, we take a lot of things for granted in terms of we get up and expect the lights to come on every day and we expect running water and hot running water and we expect to have clothes in the closet and be able to have food in the refrigerator and I've seen and witnessed that you know, in parts of third, other third world countries that's not the case. Um, so once a year Rockets are going off, and you know, when this Intel and the southern part of Israel is almost consistent. Yeah. That's incredible. Are missionaries widely accepted throughout Israel? No. Not at all. You did not use the word missionary. There is actually an anti missionaries group. Wow. They try to keep you from coming, they try to kick you out of the. That's probably what, it, what my pastors were ran into. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. So you, you, What's the alternate? Uh, well, if you don't say missionary, what, what we we use the word volunteer, which volunteer for yeah. uh, you know because we help in the park right. and everything. So that's the main reason okay. what we do. Um, the, our our goal is to share God's love and take care of Israelis more, mm -hmm. and that comes in different different ways, you know, whether it's medication, toothpaste, whatever's needed, eyeglasses, eyeglasses, hard to read a Bible if you can't see it. Whether it's spending time with some people, there's a lot of, uh, especially Batyam has a lot of Arab people who immigrated from ex-Soviet Union countries. Okay. And they just look at for fellowship. They sure you know, we will have them come in the park and they just mm -hmm. eat soup and talk to you. Mm -hmm. and, Want to know how your day was? Tell me about their day. Absolutely. So, so they, they want relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this last time, we found well, there was actually two men that verbalized that they're mm -hmm. just lonely and they just want that fellowship. So wow. when they see the love of God in the community of the church, they're just drawn to That's that. That's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And in Israel, you know, since it's you know, they've been told so many times you need Jesus, this and that, right. and they're just like, you know, they hear that all the time. But when they see that love in your actions, in mm. your life, then when they start asking you, mm. what is it that you have this peace, mm. that's your opportunity to share with them. So, Sharing the testimony you know, helps change people, you know, yeah. help change yeah. people's lives. Um, and and that's, that's absolutely true. Seeing the love of God is one thing. Hearing it all the time, you know, they're preaching all over. But that the Bible is crystal clear: faith without works is truly dead. And you know, so if you don't go out there and put that faith in action, tell me some of the ways that you guys have put your faith in action on the ground here in the U.S. Um, well, one of the things we started, and Stephen started, our pastor in mm -hmm. California, mm -hmm. 
he started with the training center because there are people who wanted to go to Israel and he wanted to prepare them to go. And so that's one of the parties. So twice a year he gets the group and it's an ocean side and uh, teaches them uh, basic, basic Hebrew, basic um, way of sharing gospel with people, not from the New Testament, for example, but from Old Testament. Old Testament. That's, yeah, I don't think really a lot of people understand that. That's, that's really important. Yeah, because it's a basic Hebrew holidays. Uh, Israel has a lot of holidays. Mm -hmm. They love their holidays, mm -hmm. and you better be prepared to celebrate those holidays mm -hmm. the way they want you to celebrate it. So, um, it's, yeah. it's a big deal for them. Yeah. And so, we prepare that. Um, mm -hmm. When we hear, we do have contact with people in Israel especially about technology, and mm -hmm. we don't even get a chance to miss them. You know, we get emails, phone calls, mm -hmm. Skype, uh, you, know, you can easily communicate with them that way. Sure. Um, yeah. And also, when we come back here, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll know what kind of supplies we need, we'll talk to people, mm -hmm. if the group is going, we'll let them know, mm -hmm. okay, we'll go on um, and toothpaste, toothbrushes, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And, what do you see the most need for? Um, like, for example, you're about to go there this January. What What do you see needed the most? Is it basic essentials, um, food, clothing? Uh, is it you know, the toiletries? I mean, what is what for for the folks that have watched this and wanted to uh, either donate or support your mission work? How do they get involved? What's the best way that they can do it? Um, toiletries. Are always uh, needed. Always needed. Uh, okay. And the one thing we suggest is not the big, uh, like if it's a shampoo, not a big shampoo, but trousers. Trousers. Size. Trousers. And the reason being is because there's quite a few people who are either homeless or live in the park. There's, uh, there's always people that change from other countries. We had people from Etretia or Sudan who were refugees and they just live in the park. And the the Retreat in Ethiopia? The and the Tritians. Wow. And we actually, uh, we had a gentleman uh, who was working with them. Uh, we sent Bibles, but an Amazon Bibles here, and then in shipped it there in their language. In their native language. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. 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 And so that is always, uh, you know, we can always use it. Uh, depending on the season, in the winter time, uh, it's getting wet and cold, so mm -hmm. we use rain jackets. Mm -hmm. uh, socks and underwear are always accepted. Uh, you know, just plain socks and underwear. Uh, with the season, things are changing. We used to have a medical clinic, full-size medical clinic. We had a doctor there that uh, was from another country. He's back to his country. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just need, for example, we used to need it like a big things of gas and gas and mm -hmm. medical stuff. Wow. Yeah. That stuff we don't need as much as, for example, individually packed Tylenol okay. or, you know, sore throat candy or some stuff like that that you can give to people yeah. in the park. Paul, you mentioned God. Why did that stand up? Oh, I guess he said it funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, incredible. But we did brought uh, gas masks last oh, time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We had, uh, so yeah, we did have gas masks. Yeah, so we had uh, the last time when it was there we had a backpacks for people in church with the backpack show up with the flashlight gas mask uh, some uh, basic essentials in case if you were stuck in a bomb shelter you know mm -hmm. like water, water and mm -hmm. you know some 
some food things that would sustain you, or, you know, if, it, if, if it, that something happened. You right, know, and you're yeah. down there for any length of time. Yeah. yeah. How often does that happen? Has it happened to you guys while you've been on the ground? We, yeah. we were we were in the shelter a couple of times. Why? Wow. Uh, we were a couple of times on the street. Sure. Uh, and then also another thing is it, it just you know when you have Bible study mm -hmm. and sirens goes up, mm -hmm. do you continue? Do you tell people you know we'll take shelter? Right. You, know, they, you, you have to discuss that with people or usually when the rocket goes up last time when the siren went up, the phones would be dead right away because there's so many no people. And so you tell people that if, you know, I mean, if it's one rocket, then they're going to say, okay, but if it continues that way overnight or something, mm -hmm. we'll meet by the shelter. Right. We'll be there that, you know, we can count people and people will call you, you okay, 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 then everybody's okay. So it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, the average cost of a mission trip, can you give me just a, a general idea for people looking? If they just wanted to stay there for a month, um, what would they have to prepare for financially? Yeah. To stay for a month, you could stay at a hostel. Which is uh, $25,000. Okay. Or $40,000. Okay. Somewhere between $25,000 and $40,000 yeah. a night. So you would have okay. to consider that. Um, food, mm -hmm. I guess it depends on the person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, a few hundred dollars probably for food because if okay. you're in a hostel, they do have some cooking abilities there, but not you know to cook all your meals necessarily. And so hostels there are sort of like campsites or bed campsite or bed and breakfast here uh, or somewhere in between. It's, it's like uh, you're renting a room. Oh, okay. and that's it. It's a shared bathroom. If there's any kitchen okay. area there. And then if you had a group of people, they have a dorm area that you can just like a dorm room. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or if you know if you're a single man and you want to mm -hmm. go in the men's dorm, you just rent that bed. Wow. And that's going to be cheaper, but then you know the the security of your things that you mm -hmm. bring with you want to consider that. So it's nice to have a room that you can lock. Yeah. Yeah. And the food, there's a lot of there's a lot of cheap enough food that you can get on the street that's pretty mm -hmm. healthy, but the market has fruit and vegetables. And the cost of the ticket for single for one person to go or a couple to go uh, round trip to Israel? Last time I think it's between twelve and fifteen hundred dollars for one ticket, yeah. So five thousand dollars would probably take two people on a mission trip for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Another another thing is to consider if you stay longer when you enter you turn a tourist visa. Tourist visa. Uh, okay. So you get your 90 days. Sure. And uh, it, 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 you know, if you stay there 90 days, if you want to come back, and that's what we do, you have to take your visa trip, what we call it, and basically you leave the country for a certain period of time and then re-enter the country. And okay. we pray that you get another 90, 30 days or 90 days visa. Right, because it can't be denied. can't be denied. Yeah. Uh, last, yeah. last couple of times we had several people who actually been working there doing missionary work for a long time and one couple would denied for the next 10 years they cannot come back. That's incredible. Um, and another, so more and more, they, they get strict about how many can stay there. And then it's rightly so, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. you know, that's the policy of a country. Right. Um, 
you know, you have to think about when you enter the country. For example, if you arrive there on Saturday, mm -hmm. you, there, no, there is no transportation. You will pay. You will pay a lot more. You will pay a, a lot more for taxi, and you know, okay. because taxi know that there is no other way. There is just no way. We have a lady who lives in Batia, which is other part of. Tel Aviv, sure. suburb of Tel Aviv, okay. she comes for service on, on Saturday, which is not Sunday, it's Saturday. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, she walks uh, an hour and a half one way, one way because there just, there's, there's no, no way. No I mean, you can bike, you can take taxi. Okay. Taxi is going to be very expensive, they know that. So just to get to worship yeah. on a Saturday? Yeah, an hour to two hour walk. She'd walk you an hour to two hours. And there and yeah, yeah. yeah, and sometimes it's in the winter time. It's windy and rainy, strong wind, yeah. strong that's wind. She's, she's right along yeah. the beach, and she's that's, yeah, that's that's passion and commitment yeah. and sacrifice. Yeah, she brings an extra pair of clothes because she knows she's going to be yeah, dressed by the time she gets there. Best of meeting, and then she'll change her clothes because she's already wet and with the clothes. And, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, and she never misses. You know, if you arrive on a holiday, mm -hmm. you have to be careful on the holidays, especially. Uh, everything or everything's closed. You know, it depends on the holiday. We arrived one time for, um, what was it? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, mm -hmm. big holiday, where mm -hmm. even the airport gets shut down. Yeah. So, you know, you pray that your flight will delay. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, they're going to have to do it somewhere. The pilot made a joke. He's like, yeah, but we don't get in there in the next half an hour we're gonna go to Greece because <laughs> you can't land. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. Airport shuts down. Yeah. On yeah. major holidays. Certain holidays uh, they the the airport is a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Russia. Russia. Yeah. Yeah. So so you have that's why I would prepare people to go there is you know you have to be prepared for that. I mean you can't go buy groceries. Right. Here you, here you are on the street and so you guys have had all this training and practical experience and hands-on giving and sacrifice. When are you going to write a book? <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> Actually, Stephen's wife, the pastor's wife, she sure. wrote a book. It's called Trust, Rest, Obey. Mm -hmm. And there was she wow. was sick. What did she have, pneumonia or something one time? And she was just writing down all of her memories. For when they started, yeah, for her okay. grandkids. Has she is it published? It is published. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And someone said, Oh, you should make this into a book and then they just took it and did it for her. Okay. Sure. And so it's kind of from the beginning, you know, the last it's been a church there for almost eleven years now, I believe. Wow. And so from the beginning just the struggles when it was just her and her husband yeah. and then as things, you know, started to grow. Did their kind of, ministry launch in Oceanside? They were sent from Oceanside. Yeah. Wow. And they yeah. were sent from Oceanside and it, yeah. Um, for them, you know, they went there ten years ago. Sure. Uh, there were still, I think, the Lebanon War was there. The yeah, war. they had a lot of the suicide bombings yeah. at so, that time. Yeah. So they went there. And Patricia herself, she never, she's Californian girl. She's mm -hmm. never been outside of the United States. She's comfortable in California where she grew up. Shell shock. <laughs> now she's there yeah. and she oh, sees how this works and 
you know, it's different, you know. Wow. And, you know, if you want to cook, you know, chicken soup, well, here's a chicken. You can right. buy them and, and, and you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, in Israel, you walk almost everywhere you go. So if someone's considering a missions trip, consider your wow. physical health. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll have people that will come to serve with us, sure. but they have, you know, bad knee and they can't walk. They can't, and, right. and it's like, well, I don't know what to tell you, because either you get a taxi to come, you know, otherwise everybody walks everywhere. So walking is quite common. Yeah. I mean, there is public transportation, there is uh, buses, buses. Mm -hmm. there is uh, many buses. Many buses. Mm -hmm. What about the presence of the military? Do you see that everywhere? In Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, always. Always. In Tel Aviv, not okay. as much. Yeah. I mean, okay. you'll see. Depends where you are. Yeah, you'll see military. Uh, obviously, you'll see a lot of military bus stop, for example. Yeah. Okay. As they travel, in, you know, military people. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see guys in army. Yeah, if you take the bus or the train, you'll they'll be sleeping in the corner with their with their <laughs> machine gun across their lap. It's very serious, but it's it's funny to me because I I really don't think a lot of Americans understand that. Oh, it's very it's, it's very real. Yeah. Like yeah. we uh, we in Jerusalem once. I took a picture. There was a young mm -hmm. man and a young woman, probably in their eighteen, maybe nineteen years old, eating a bagel at, a, at this fast food stand sure. he's got his machine gun across his lap and they're in plain clothes, you know. Well, yeah. yeah we have a gentleman, he, he started, uh, we started a home fellowship at his home, Believer's family. Mm -hmm. They have four kids, mm -hmm. uh, adult son, twins, boy and girl, and the youngest one. Mm -hmm. All four of them went through army, the youngest one in the army now, and when the rockets do fly, when uh, Israel getting ready to go into Gaza or something. All of the kids get they called up. up. They yeah. get called up. And uh, that's got to be hard. Uh, that really so, has to be tough. So you have presence of the military, then you have presence of security. Okay. To if you go to Basta, mm -hmm. you go through the metal detector. You go through. Open your bag. I want to see what's what's there. Yeah. The, and there's armed public transportation just at the uh, bus stop. Just to get in the mall. Just to get in the mall. Or the grocery store. You have armed guards there. So that's something not to yeah. be alarmed at because it's actually, you know, it shows you that you're going to be safe. Well, yeah. Yeah, that you sure that yeah. nothing's going to happen. Well, yeah. If you travel by train, yeah. you go through the metal detector, you put your bag in, you know. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know. You get used to it. You get used to it to plan on it. Yeah. You know, they get out open and you're paying and they will profile you and just the way it's going to be here. <laughs> Back to that book. Yeah. When are you guys going to write a book? You guys have been through a lot in terms of both individually and then together. Um, the world needs to know, the faith community needs to know your experiences. And I'm sure a lot of people can learn from what you've been through and what you can teach them. Um, think about it. Yeah. I'd love to do it. I never yeah. It's better with writing or communicating than me. I just say yes, no answer. <laughs> and, and actually, for me, if I were to, because I'm a publisher, what the way I would approach it is to take all this stuff. We would sit down and let the, just let the tape or camera roll, and then we would take all that stuff, and I would write, you know, ghostwrite chapters, mm -hmm. and and bring it to you, and let you say, yeah, this is okay. Okay, change this. No, let's move this up here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but I, I think you guys should put together a training manual for. How to take a mission trip to Israel the right way. Yeah, because I know, for example, again, my pastor and 
work with downtown pastors. They've been twice. Uh, I'll send you the link to their uh, PBS special. Uh, it's called Journeys of Faith, and they went to Israel twice. They had no clue. There was no training. They just got on a plane, not knowing even the second time. They had no clue. They didn't know what to expect. Um, and when they, and the second time they went, there was a death threat. Uh, Rabbi uh, Marcy uh, Zimmerman at the Temple of Israel here in Minneapolis mm -hmm. received a death threat. How do you deal with that? So those are some of the things I think you guys would be invaluable to help people understand what the reality of it is of taking a mission trip to Israel. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Seriously, yeah. 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 We, we can take more trips to yeah, absolutely. Just take a journal. Just start yeah. using, you know, your journal yeah, and notes. Or, yeah. well, and this brings me to my next point. How is technology being used there in, in mission work? And let me segue by saying, when you're there, you guys on a mission trip, are you able to access email and things of that nature? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Israelis are known for that technology. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a, there's like Silicon Valley almost there. Sure. There's Google. There's, so the phones are there, the email are there. Uh, wireless internet. Wireless internet. Wow. Most of the coffee shops will have internet. Okay. Uh, so, in, in, in right now, there's a boardwalk out of the sea in Tel Aviv. The whole boardwalk has free internet. So, it's across. So, technology is there. Okay. Uh, it, you know, it helps us. Mm -hmm. Pay bills if you, you know, if you're outside sure. of the United States. Yeah. Um, so that that is not a so that's not an issue. That is not an issue. That's very good. that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is just to to love people. Yeah. Know, uh, that's and sometimes it's difficult to love. You know, yeah. they, you know, you have two people and they both they both strongly believe that this is the the way it is. How do you reconcile them? And they're both right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then we have to bring them together. I feel like a lot of times in the women's Bible study, mm -hmm. I mean, different than women's Bible studies here where nobody wants to talk, you right. can't get them to stop talking. Wow. So you have to reel it in a lot of times. And you sure. have one Israeli lady that's from Greece and one Israeli lady that's from South Africa. And they're both agreeing. Different views, right. But yeah. one's thinking of it from this side and right. one's thinking of it from that side. And it's like you have to stop them and say, no, Stop fighting. Let's, you know, you're saying the same thing. Right. But to be able to explain, you know, the different biblical, you know, things and, 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 and important. Are there a lot of Americans in Tel Aviv? Yes. 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 Uh, American embassy is there. There. Yeah, the embassy is there. Yeah. So there is a lot of Americans. A lot of people on business. Uh, sure. We, you know, our our church is it's just multicultural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bizarre looking thing. Mm -hmm. Because the, way, the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. Because we have people who come for business work from Singapore. Okay. And they have believers, so they go and find where we meet. And so they come, we have people from Egypt who mm -hmm. just got relocated for the work purposes. So wow. they come in. Mm -hmm. And so our church is multicultural. Sure. Now there's a, obviously, we're always trying to reach the local people. Mm -hmm. and, and the local people, I mean, we have Greek, we have ex-Soviet Union, we have uh, uh, German, we, I mean, we have from all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, people so, that immigrated, a lot more French people are coming. Yeah, now that there's a lot more French people coming, so. So they're Israeli, but a lot of them have come from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. 
I am currently uh, going to start filming probably next week a week after a documentary uh, called Street Signs. And you know, if you're driving down the street in Minneapolis even, and you see people holding up a sign, mm -hmm. most people think they're asking for money. Yeah. A lot of times they aren't. Most of the time they aren't. Um, so I'm going to do a documentary and let them tell their own story. How in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem or the southern part where southern part of Israel where there is lots of war, how did the homeless over there survive? How did they deal with being homeless there? What do you see? Uh, I think Tel Aviv has more homeless. More. And the reason being is because it's a big tourist area. Right, more people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More resources there. Yeah, more resources. Okay, so sure. I mean, more uh, more ability to, to actually interact and, yeah. and actually be supported. Yeah. There, okay. there is uh, several parts where a lot of refugees live. Okay, but are there more homeless shelters in Tel Aviv? There is. I have not seen a homeless shelter. Okay, but a lot of a lot of other organizations and ministry will have a good well, kitchen. Sure. In there. Okay. Yeah. Um, not so much homeless shelters. So, no, so the ability to actually get food and be fed and be ministered to with nowhere to really sleep. Israel started did start doing uh, more like a shelter and more like a camps, refugee camps. Like ten cities. Ten cities, yeah. For the refugees in the you know, from Sudan or from Israel. But but Israel, not Israel and the government, yeah, right. and Israel set that yeah. up. Yeah. Well, because there's so many, but to send them home is, you know, it cost their lives. Well, yeah. And a lot of them risk their lives just, just to, to get come there. And get, right? And so they may, more in the southern area, closer to a lot, I guess. There's Which is where the war is going. Yeah. That's unfortunate. On Friday evening, before Shabbat, mm -hmm. the, the, the big market, the open market area, they will, if they can't sell stuff, they will just kind of put it out in the street and give it out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that they put out. And then yeah. people are easily to go and pick through, and we have much of it, and all of a sudden, a couple of times where they'll find people that, they'll see people picking it at something, mm -hmm. and they'll just get our care package and give it to them, and they love that. Mm -hmm. So there was a food available. Uh, yeah. Not so much, it, it mostly going to be vegetables, fruits. Yeah, not uh, so much meat. Not so much meat. Yeah. So when we do soup kitchen, we try to do like a chicken soup with right. lots of chicken. I'm sure yeah. people have it. You know, a lot of those people will not have a good teeth, for example. Wow. That, that, you know, they can't. No health care. Dentists are there, but they don't have the ability to afford it. Uh, even the people that have money can't afford the dentist there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the dentist industry, what they do find is not always great. We have a couple friends that they're just, you know, working working with them. Sure. Because yeah. I'm a dental assistant, so it's yeah. you know kind of helpful to go and yeah. be with them during the processes. Now, I would expect it because you have the resources such as your Silicon Valley and. You know, Google, et cetera, et cetera, that the health care industry would be sort of at the upper level. The, the health care itself, the technology itself, mm -hmm. is not for that level. Okay. Well, um, the care. To, to get in. For example, if you see somebody on the street, say, you see them in pain. Right. If you are to call an ambulance, mm -hmm. 
somebody has to pay for that ambulance to come. Sure. So, uh, yeah, the person on the street obviously cannot do something. Right. So, they, you know, the person is not going to do whatever the best they can, but somebody has to be responsible to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So, so the healthcare itself, yes, it's very high. Mm -hmm. We went to hospitals, and it's a high. End. So it's high quality. High quality. Okay. But to get into that, that right. would be. Well, and I know that I don't know all of the details, but there are services for people there. But a lot of the people on the street are either alcoholics or on drugs, okay. and they no different they, yeah, and they come yeah. to the point where they they won't go through the steps that are required for them to receive yeah. those benefits, okay. and so that's where a part of the problem comes in. And some of them they don't want to be better because they get more donations from you know the purpose of people walking by if they have open sores on their legs they don't necessarily want them to be healed yeah just like in jesus's time yeah it's kind of the same yeah yeah, yeah. They, they ask them for money so they can go buy alcohol or drugs which yeah easily available on the streets yeah um talk to me about the the churches there what um are there the same kind of different and varying denominations over there, or is it more centralized toward Christian? What do you, what do you see? Because like here in the States, you've got yeah. Baptist, Methodist, yeah. uh, you know, evangelical, you've got just all these different denominations. What's the difference between the United States and all the denominations versus what you see in, in Israel, or Tel Aviv, or even inside Israel? I don't think you really see any not You'll see, like in Jerusalem, they'll have the Greek Orthodox Church, or, sure. you know. But I don't know to what degree they do. Okay. You know, and, uh, at outreach. There, there, there's a lot of ministries, but not necessarily churches. Church. Actually, yeah. itself, they do have fellowship. Okay. Um, actually, the people that they have a, a coffee shop that would serve free coffee, and it's a I guess the main difference between mm -hmm. in between denominations, there is Messianics who believe that Jesus, if I correctly understand it, he's not the Messiah. He's the Messiah, but he's not God. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of the Messianics believe that way so there's you know some difference you know it's the same god that we serve but there's differences in understanding but as far as like a regular church in calvary tel aviv it meets just like a calvary chapel would be here wow you know it teaches just you know from the bible what the bible says and ministers the same way you know reaching out to the poor helping people in need you know basically getting the gospel to the people right yeah. but, and we have people that come Church, some of them more kind of cost than the others. Um, yeah. uh, some of them more mature than the others. Yeah. We, you know, we really do that small Bible study one time, and this lady who is more kind of mm -hmm. and she's more mature. As I was explaining scripture, she's like, "Well, it's written. I mean, it's understandable. It's just Moab, that deal. It's just mm -hmm. go to the next topic where somebody knew they don't understand it won't break. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are afraid that if you become believer, mm -hmm. that you know, you know, in order to Jew, mm -hmm. that is the main thing. And, and mm -hmm. yes, you're still Jew, you still can celebrate your holidays, you right. know, and, and those holidays point to Jesus. And so, you know, well, and another thing they're taught 
you know, growing up, mm -hmm. that if there's some place that they're talking about mm -hmm. Jesus, you don't mm -hmm. go in there. You don't even go in. Because wow. we have some girls, you know, like one, that one girl came yeah. to the door, she goes, can I come in and listen to the lecture even if I don't believe what you're saying? Wow. And we're like, of course you can come in, you know, come in and listen. Yeah. Yeah. So not so much denominations, um, but just varying differences in terms of how the approach to the gospel is, is yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. All right, that's all the questions I have. I'll let you guys just talk and tell me what what you want to say. I mean, tell me about the radio interview. Uh, radio interview went well, and it was our pastor who uh, just asked us quite a couple questions, and again, we talked about the training center and what we do there. Uh, we wanted people to know that it's, it's, it's a real church. It has, you know, you have a Sunday school, well, Saturday, Sunday school for kids. Sure. We, we teach kids, and we have worship. And, uh, you know, you have Bible study, fellowship. Uh, so it, it's more like a real church, you know, Wednesday Bible studies. Um, people like that fellowship. So on Saturday, usually we always go somewhere to have fellowship. There's a couple of McDonald's and other places that are open on Saturday, so we can go and have a cup of coffee and some snack or something, and we do it every Saturday pretty much, and that's one thing we do is movie nights. Mm -hmm. People love movie nights, and so we would open a church apartment where we live, and uh, you know, we'll say, okay, we'll have two movies. First one would be kid-oriented. The second one would be more adult. Nothing bad, but, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever the yeah. more action they sure not. Parents will know this way. They can dismiss kids, provide food for them. And people are, they always call us, hey, let's do movie night, let's do movie night. Yeah. That's incredible. Any chance to get together for fellowship? Well, yeah. Movie? just to hang out and talk. And um, I do want to actually add one more question. Yeah. What do you think is the reason, and I study this a lot, I even go back to, I've been studying uh, Genesis and Exodus uh, for another book that I'm writing now. Um, and in the latter part of the chapters of Exodus where um, God continues to tell Moses and Aaron and Aaron's sons, about why you need to keep the Sabbath. Um, what do you think is the reason that Americans worship or fellowship on Sunday and the rest of the world still keeps the Sabbath? Yeah. I, I actually don't know the reason. Um, I, didn't, I believe some people believe that the resurrection happened in, in different days or something. Um, I know good friends of ours who do believe in Shabbat Saturday. Uh, I think the main reason was not when was it exactly done, but the idea of resting. You know, the day where you rest, you spend time with family, and that's right. where it starts on Friday, sundown. It's, you know, when Jesus says the Saturday was not given. What is that? It's the Sabbath was not given to them, yeah, to, uh, to man and yeah. man for the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. and so um, it's the idea of resting mm -hmm. and uh, spending time with family. Sure. And, you know, having a dinner usually includes meal and everything. Yeah. So, and God is quite clear no work. Yeah. 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 Well, where about Jewish, the, the Orthodox Jews, they take that very seriously. Very literally. Yeah. Very literally. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, we see it anywhere. 
they were allowed to turn the stove to warm up the meal. Why? That, that, otherwise, that would consider work, so they have to go to the neighbor who doesn't believe the same sure. way and ask them to come in and turn, and turn the stove on. on. <laughs> a friend of ours, they do that. That's <laughs> approaching sundown on Friday, mm -hmm. people have a short work day on Friday so they can get home before the sun goes down. Yeah. And then through Saturday and then the work week starts again on Sunday. Well, Sunday right. So that's you know their big you know time for the, their rest. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So so I don't know exactly origin where it comes Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Uh, somebody yeah. wanted to go probably well, yeah, I'm sure. whatever yeah. is the reason is is to have it day of rest. You know, I think that's the main thing. Um, what are some of the strangest things you've run into on your mission trips? Absolutely. This is where the fun happens. You don't want to get started. What are some of the strangest things? Okay, so yeah, the strangest things. So obviously, the holidays are the big thing. Sure. There's kids about holidays. All right. Uh, you know, there is a. Uh, for Passover, you have to, you know, get rid of everything that is, has leaven in it. Yep. Now, there's a list of things that Rabbi approved and disapproved to have it in your house for that Passover. And that list grows every year. Wow, for about 200 pages. Yeah. You wanted to. <laughs> so, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So that is always there. You, you have a grocery store. Sure. Right? They don't want to get rid of stuff, mm -hmm. but what they'll do is they'll just cover it with the plastic. Yeah. And say whatever is there is not for sale. Wow. Which the people who don't really care about celebrating that way will just take that stuff and walk wow. out the store because if it's not for sale, then I'm not stealing what's for sale. And then let them take it. <laughs> so that would be, yeah. that would be, uh, <laughs> the, you know, holidays are always. Well, just people in general are well, because they're from all over. Just on your daily, your daily experience of mm -hmm. shopping, like that, where we stay, there's a little market on the corner, mm -hmm. and to go and buy a loaf of bread takes you 45 Is that minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just the little wow. shopping, because you'll go to the counter, sure. and then someone will cut in front of you and get in line, and then the lady that's taking the money will call on her phone and have a conversation, and then someone will step in from the street and ask directions or something, she'll stop what she's doing, answer to that person, and then by the time half an hour's gone by, you get to buy whatever it is you came to get. That's funny. You know, that's, that's amazing. That's very common. I, I think um, Americans who have never been on a mission trip and even I, I know a lot of a lot of Minnesotans who have never been out of Minnesota yeah. would would be yeah. they, they would get through away. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the, the stores are small. They're sure. you know, Walmart super centers and right. stuff. Yeah. So you have for example your daily shipment or ship shipment. Sure. It's the palace that sit outside a store and right. people carry through the doors that you enter mm -hmm. stuff into the stuff the shelves. Correct. Right. Uh, they'll do it during the daytime and as you shop. Um, so that's, you know, people not used to, people not used to, mm -hmm. that you can't just go and buy something that you want. Uh, that a lot of important stuff is very expensive. We mm -hmm. had somebody who went to Dr. Pepper and it's mm -hmm. equivalent of $7. Mm -hmm. 
for a can. Just for a can, can and a yeah. pepper. Wow. I mean, there's other lemonade that you can look sure. at as well, yeah. but if you want to be that, that, specific. You know, that specific, you will pay specific price. Yeah. Well, well, another thing for shopping, you'll have one store that sells shoes. Mm -hmm. You'll have another store that sells like kitchen supplies okay. and one that sells cleaning supplies. Okay. So you don't just go to one store and get all that you need. So no Walmart. No Walmart. No, that's incredible. Nothing like it. But you know, the, the market wow. is called the Shook. It's an open market. Sure. And they have everything from fresh meats to fruit, vegetables, and then all those little side streets with those kinds of stores. Incredible. But then you have to remember when you're going shopping, you're walking with whatever you can whatever, right. whatever you're carrying at home. So yeah, it's a, you have to plan ahead when you're planning your shopping trip. I'm still amazed to hear that um, on Saturday pretty much transportation shuts down. So uh, if you're trying to go and fellowship at Shabbat, you may have to walk an hour and a half, two hours to get there, and then maybe back. Yeah, there's there's a private level on little minibus. Sure, sure. They run, but they run major, major points on so the like bus stop mm -hmm. to the main mm -hmm. downtown area to the main. Mm -hmm. So they will run. But not from every city. Not from every city, and yeah. you know, not between cities. Is it affordable? It, it's more expensive, more expensive. I mean, Shabbat is always more expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then also, we lived in one area to where we had to take one. Mm -hmm. For example, he has 10 seats. Until he puts 10 people in there, he ain't going anywhere. Definitely a lot healthier than here. 
So that, that part is good. Mm -hmm. um, you walk a lot, so that's that's healthy. Yeah, that's healthy. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Why yeah. a lot of bicycle? A lot of cycling. If you're from Holland. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of bicycles. Yes, there's a lot of bicycles, a lot of yeah. movements that are not okay. following the street rules. There's people well, that can drive on the sidewalk peacefully. That's another thing that's very unusual. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that sounds like yeah. one that an Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. The Tel Aviv itself provides everybody on this book with their own support. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the dogs are welcome everywhere. It's like it's like it's a child. Sure. A lot of people yeah. have dogs. So you will see a lot of dogs and a lot of people smoke. The restaurants, you know, if they ask you to smoke, you should, you should say yes even when I go to restaurant. Okay. Everybody's healthy, but then they're killing themselves with smoke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but wow. it's kind of European, it seems like. Yeah. You know, most places in Europe, yeah. smoking is still a really good thing. Yeah, Denmark, and, yeah, yeah, especially in Amsterdam. Uh, there's, there's a cigar shop there on yeah. every yeah. five, five <laughs> on one block in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so they, they, they smoke. Um, it's noisy. Yeah, it's noisy. noisy. A lot of yeah. them, it's really obnoxiously loud sure. all the time. A lot of tall ones, or? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tall and short. I mean, and, and that's the thing. You will see the business center where it's like skyscrapers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see this old, you know, three story buildings that are piping is on the outside of, you know, and they turn them into rooms. It's a room. So they, they turn it into the room. That's incredible. You know, in the closet, there's going to be room for rent. So Tel yeah. um, Aviv has a big university, Tel Aviv University. So it's a big. Uh, Student area. Okay. Um, yeah, universities all over the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a big one. Hmm. That's amazing. To work. Yeah. Anything else? If anybody wants to do a mission trip, yeah. I highly encourage to do it. Okay. Because it's an experience that's like none other, I think. You know, being able to serve, meet the people there, and just, you know, be able to. You know, just give them that love that God's given you. It's just amazing. But Paula is the greatest need, and if somebody was to go from the United States for the first time, where would you recommend they go? Would it be to Jerusalem, or would it be to Tel Aviv, or would it be to land in Tel Aviv, stay there, and then do the work, mission work in Jerusalem, or how would you recommend that? Probably find yeah. what ministry they want to be involved with, because sure. there's several of them throughout the country. Like we okay. have a friend that has a ministry on that southern area okay. that's always getting the bombs there. Yeah, they provide shelters. Yeah, they provide okay. shelters. They provide food and meals for the people there. And, so you know, find the ministry first. Find the ministry you want to be involved with and contact them okay. and see you know, what do they recommend. What the need is. Yeah. 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 And my suggestion, the first time, if you first time go, go to Israel, do the tour. Yeah. We had several groups who would come and say, you know, we want to serve with you three days or four days. Shall we do the beginning of the tour and the end of the tour? Do we always say the end of the tour? Yeah. Let people see stuff because if they get stuck with us in Tel Aviv, right. they, want they, they want to see stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, and we just can't take them and show them everything that the tour provider can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we we'll recommend them to go see stuff and then you can spend the rest of the time serving. Um, is Palestine accessible these days? Uh, 
Yeah. You can get to like Bethlehem and places like that. I think you, there's a special security there used to be where you have to go through when you yeah. can go. Yeah, because we drove through some of the areas, but they will have signs everywhere saying that Israelis, Israelis are not to enter. Sure. But if you are a tourist, you can try, you can enter there. So yes, it is available. And, the, and they'll take tours, you know, tour groups will go into those areas. Okay. So, you know, you can get in there. And I know there's ministries in those places too. Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, finding, you know, first of all, what's, what tours. is it that you want to help with? I know there's in Tel Aviv, there's a ministry for the you know prostitution and the drug abuse. Um, there's just different ones all over the country. You know, different things if you want to get involved in. Yeah. How's the school system there? What's the differences between there and here? Okay, um, and, and that's one thing also to know mm -hmm. with the school system. First of all, the school system they are encouraged to communicate with teachers, so they will argue with teacher. That is debates, you know, they encourage to do that. Kids, they will talk back to you. Even that's on the school, they will talk back to you. That's just, they will, um, most schools, uh, the, you know, the, the rabbis are, you know, part of a government, so it, it is a, a lot of them are religious school, religious school. Okay. Uh, one thing you're not allowed to do is to talk to anybody under 18 about any kind of religion or, you know, especially Jesus, but I think it applies to any religions. Anybody under 18, it's, it's illegal to do so. Wow. Uh, now, if they ask you a question and you just want to explain, that's why, but you cannot just approach somebody and say, hey, you know, or do concert and, you so know. No, no evangelism under 18. Yeah. And the other thing you can't do, like if you give a meal, sure. you can't like attach a track or anything to it because then it's like you have to listen to this or believe this before right. you can get this. Yeah. And that's one thing that you, you can give the food and you can have tracks available, but you can't do force them or require them to take it yeah. to get the wow. meal or whatever you're handing out. So when we do a ministry in the park, we just Anybody from the street, I mean, we have bus drivers come in and just, here's the soup, here's the sandwich. If you wanted to, please eat and enjoy it. And then you can like it and you know, it has for seconds or something. Sure. Uh, you know, we don't do tracks. But those are other, you know, just for Jesus, our bigger organization, and they do tracks and a lot, and they have their own way of doing it. Uh, we don't do tracks just because. We want so people much. to know us before. Right. I mean, we'll give it to somebody who we just going to ask a question, but yeah. we want people well, to, to the, know us. Because that's the thing that we found. It's like when we went for our first three months, mm -hmm. people were nice to you, and you know they were, you know, in church even. But until we came back for that second three months, mm -hmm. you know, people didn't really give us any kind of time of day, I guess, yeah. until they see that you're committed to them. And it took that second six, three months, you know, that first you know, half of a year before they took us seriously that we cared about them. Because yeah. otherwise they're like, oh yeah, we'll just put up with you till you go, and then you're not coming back again. But when they start seeing you over and over, that's when they trust you. Yeah. And that's when they'll let you help them or ask you the questions. And, and, and for those who do want to go study the culture, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you can really shut somebody down without even knowing it. Without knowing it. Uh, we had this Jewish lady, she's been raised with strict Jewish traditions, uh, coming to church, she's still part of the church, and uh, somebody brought a gift for her, a hat, and they wanted her to put it on. 
and they just please put it on, please put it on, right foot, please put it on. She covers her hair with a with a handkerchief, you no. know, or a scarf. And, and, and until she finally said, "Well, you don't understand. I can't undo my hair from a man here." Mm -hmm. You know, that is where you have to know that. You know. Uh, Simple thing is, and, and we'll tell people, for example, here, you know, if you have a Bible, you know, some people, if they sit on the chair, they can put it on the floor while they get up or something. Mm -hmm. There, for them, it's the Word of God. You do not put the Word of God on the floor. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. Is that something on top of yeah. it? Yeah. So, so it's a, you know. Study the culture. Study the culture. Thank you both. Thank you both. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I know our viewers will uh, humbly appreciate it. Um, I, I really don't think a lot of people understand the differences between the faith that we know here in the United States versus uh, the faith and the work involved in maintaining that faith once you cross. Yeah, once you cross the water into a country such as Israel. Yeah. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, it's amazing to have you, to, to meet you um, outside of, well, you guys came in as customers into my cafe, but, and then you met my pastor there, who's been in Israel twice, which um, I'm still trying to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing for me is, is to know somebody who's been there several times and, to, and that can speak to the the nuances and the way things work and to be able to tell some other people who may be looking to go there, yeah. that's invaluable to me. Yeah. It really is. So thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Anything closing thoughts? Anything? Yeah. Study the culture, we know that. Yeah. Yeah. And go. You know, and don't just go. don't yeah. let the news keep you from going. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think it's the better word, whatever God called you, whether it's Israel or France or Italy. Yeah. There's always going to be a reason why not to go, but you know, we're blessed if you do go. Yeah, um, one of the things that I've learned just in being an active minister the last 18 years is that uh, God just simply wants us to take that first step. He wants you to be willing. Um, he doesn't wait for people to become perfect in order to let them lead, you know, teach preach or, or witness to people, he uses willing vessels, you know, and most of the time he uses those willing vessels with weaknesses so that his strength and his power and his anointing can shine through because he needs to get the glory. And that's the one thing that I think uh, a lot of differences between helping people understand what a mission trip actually is versus them seeing a, a, an advertisement or a commercial on television, it's a lot different than that. Yeah. yeah, I would judge them. Oh, yeah. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes people think of mission trips as, in one hand, as, you know, Indiana John Crusade, you know, you live in the tents, you know, you <laughs> dig in the which for some people is <laughs> right. And other people think as of this glorious, mm -hmm. you know, especially Israel, it's that whole land, country, sure. vacation. Right. And, and you know, it is a blessed country, it is beautiful country, but it also is a lot of work. So whatever the place people go to is, you know. Just do something. Just do something. And then we're going to miss out on something mm -hmm. one way or another. I mean, you know, when we're there, I mean, we miss out on being here. <laughs> so it's just yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
Thank you both. Yeah, and uh, say hello to your pastor and his wife, and I will give uh, her book and yeah. take a look at it. That, that's, very, that's very interesting to know. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm really going to encourage you both to uh, take your journals and, and your thoughts and put it down on paper and uh, put out a train. Yeah. People need to know this stuff. They really do. So, thank you. Thank you. See you both. There you have it. Inside Israel from the eyes of two missionaries, Alex and Paula, who have been there over a dozen times on tours and mission trips. Again, my pastor has been to Israel twice with a group of 11 other religious leaders from downtown Minneapolis. During both their trips, I was the technical liaison here in the States. I received the pictures and the blog entries while they were on the trip which I posted to a website so the various congregations could see and read them. To watch the video from their trip, which aired many times on Twin Cities Public Television, go to Amazon.com and search for Footsteps, A Journey in Faith. I'm Pastor Keith. Thanks for watching. May God bless you and may He keep you today and always. In Jesus' name, Amen.